0: if I'm being hypercritical myself of that example I gave earlier I probably overthought that iron shot way too much and if I just stepped up to it and said yep that's my target hit it I guess I was being a little hypocritical on that and just to show you that like we're not always going to get it right even the guy giving you the, the advice doesn't always get it right
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, we've got John Sherman back for part two of two. You're going to learn about what causes you to play scared, how to have a basic system for course strategy, when to be aggressive and conservative, how to simplify the game, getting over blow up holes, and more. Yes, that's a lot, but there's even more than that. But before we get into this episode, if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology. If you like this podcast, this is the exact type of stuff that I work on with my players. So if you would like to take the next step to improve your mental game, then send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or if you'd like a less formal intro to mental coaching, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15 minute questionnaire that will give you your mental strengths and your biggest area for mental improvement. It's a great resource to start working on your mental game. And the best part, it's free. The link to everything that I've said will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's learn how to simplify golf in this conversation with John Sherman. Hope you enjoy. So what physically happens to you when you get in your head? What like physically swing? What what are your kind of tendencies? Like what I'm thinking about when when you like you said in that um, Long Island amateur, yeah. when you said I got in my head a little bit on those iron shots, what happens yep. to the shot? What do you do physically?
0: Um, I'll give you an example of one. I had um, the wind was shifting a bit that day and I, I think I had I had a great drive lasered it right in the middle of the fairway had like 160 of the pin slightly uphill i thought the wind was hurting a touch but not enough and i kind of got in my head i'm like am i gonna choke down on a seven iron here kind of muscle the eight iron through the wind and i just didn't i ended up going with the eight iron i just didn't commit to it and i kind of flared it out so i thinned it and flared it out to the right so it was just like a very like timid like scared swing. I didn't compress it. I just kind of swiped at it and left it in the bunker and made like a, you know, a pretty sloppy bogey. Mm. Um but yeah, it, it's a perfect example of that when I stepped into the shot, I was not fully committed. And I'm to be quite honest, like this is the type of advice I give other golfers, so I want to be honest about this that as much as I tell others that you need to go through this, you're never going to be 100% committed on every single shot. You know, if you're someone who's at 30%, let's get you to 50. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, again, if I'm being hypercritical of myself, the conditions, knowing that I needed to land the ball in a certain spot on the green because of the firmness and the rolling at 13, I'm, it just got in my head a little bit. I'm like, uh, and I just didn't fully commit to the swing. So it was a bit of a scared swing. So I think, you know, to answer your question, like what happens when my iron swings aren't as good and less committed, um, I lose centeredness of contact. I hit it thin. So, you know, my low point was probably bit off. Um, didn't really take a nice divot, just kind of like a, a thin flare to the right that got gobbled up by the wind a little bit, but a very, you know, shot that I looked at afterwards, I'm like, you know. You give me that shot with no pressure no worries, like I'll get it on the green, no problem. Um yeah, it just wasn't a good swing.
1: What would and you I think
0: and I think it was mostly due to the mental state of mental the commitment so again, accessing skill. The skill was there, I didn't access it.
1: So with the same exact conditions, pressure, everything, thir- running thirteen, firm, wind shifting, what would you go back and do differently if it was uh, if you could try again?
0: I, I think I would just I would, I think it was the right club. I just think I didn't commit to yeah. target enough. Um, yeah. I so- just wasn't, I, I just wasn't committed. It was a scared golf swing. And I made sure. a few of those those that day, to be honest with you. Um, and I think that's, you know, let's say it was um, the greens weren't as firm, you know, that that's. So we, we, we think about our fears and 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 certain things that creep into our game. Like I have, because I know my tendencies as a ball striker, I'm not the one hitting a high floaty spinning iron shot that drops and stops in, in those conditions. So like if you put me in a crazy windy situation, I'd be like, All right, I have I have an opportunity to climb a leaderboard here. But if you put me on a golf course that's firmer and faster, Um, that's going to favor, you know, golfers who have more stopping power with their iron shots. I just, you know, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball and I let that get into my head a little bit too much. I need to be more confident in saying like, I can hit the shots. I just need to be more, more committed to them. So that's Mm -hmm. something I'm working on. I've noticed that in tournaments I've played when, when we get firmed up courses, I, I, I hit my driver great still. I can putt really well, but my iron game suffers a bit. And that's one of the best parts of my game usually. So it's kind of like a turtle going into its shell a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I reflect on these things and I try and get better at them. Um, and I have had tournaments where I've played great in firmer conditions. I'm getting better at it. But sometimes it, it just – and I didn't play poorly that day. I, I played well enough where I just missed out on the playoff to get in. Um, so it was kind of like a razor-thin margin. But that's that is tournament golf, unfortunately
1: yeah and it i mean it sounds like you you only you said you only missed by one or two i mean it sounds like you could have you could
0: have made it easily right so it's yeah it's a, we all a there's always a, there's always a few shots you know when you look back you know yeah. there's a few out there that was one of the days where like i think we we say like there's some days that's the highest score i should have, right. could have shot or the lowest score like that day i think that was the highest i didn't make sure the greens were very fast. I two putted a lot, but I had a lot of good birdie looks. I didn't make any of them. Mm. Um, and usually, I, I can drop a few. I'm a, I've become a decent putter, so yeah, nothing dropped. Drove it great. Um, I'd just say the iron play. I'd give it a B minus. Just not committed enough, and didn't didn't have good enough proximity to make some easy pars because it was a day where you had to make. You know, no one was lighting the course on fire. It was more of like, oh, let's just, mm-hmm. you know, get it to two or three over and you'll be in a good spot heading into match play.
1: Right. So that that kind of leads into strategy. Do you um obviously strategy changes on a day-to-day basis depending on the conditions? Do you um do you have a hard time shifting your strategy if
0: if the course conditions change, or do you think that's a struggle for a lot of players? Um, I think I think I try and be as consistent as possible. So, I, you know, on this particular course, I don't think the targets changed all that much okay. um, with the firmness. Um, I was still, it was a big golf course. I'm hitting driver everywhere. I actually, it was one of my favorite courses to play. I was a little upset I didn't get to play wow. it more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I speak to, a 15 handicap I would say I want you to be as consistent as possible and and basic as possible with your strategy. Yeah. So I give people some rules, you know, aim away from the big trouble if you can, you know, play more play more club and aim at the center of the green. Now if we I'm talking to a player like you, well obviously like we know you can put the ball in a tighter spot than most people. So obviously if you're looking at pin sheets for a big tournament and the wind shifting and stuff like that, that gets more advanced. I'm to be quite honest with you, I'm not trying to help that kind of golfer. I leave sure. that to someone like Scott Fawcett and Decade. Like I think he's got that covered very well. Yeah. I'm more convincing like the normal-ish players to be consistent with their strategy as much as possible because I want them to get into good habits. It's not going to work on every single shot, but I know that the greater good of that commitment is going to result in a large reduction in their handicap. Mm. So it's a kind of two way two two ways to answer that question. Sure. So I think overall I would say as you get better as a ball striker I think you can get more specific and advanced with strategy. Um but but I would say that's a, a much smaller part of the golfing population I'd be speaking to. Mm. I would say that for 90 plus percent of players like I think generic ish course management can get you to a much better place because most golfers are haphazard they're not very committed they don't have a set of rules to play by so they're just kind of winging it from shot to shot and if i can give them like a basic rule system to adhere to that makes it simple for them so that when they get up to the shot they're like oh i'm just aiming over there i know that's my target yeah. that unlocks more commitment in that player but as you get to the more like seasoned tournament player there's a whole there's a different set of rules to play by a bit, I would sure. say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the circle gets narrower. You can aim closer to you could not risk it more, but you're you're still the penalty is still the same for you, whether you're yes. a great player, right? It's it's a I'm, sliding still, I'm scale. still
0: trying not to short side myself. Of course. Yeah. Uh if we're talking about target selection on greens, I'm not pin hunting unless the pin's like close to like the the center ish part. But yeah, my adjusting my aim, uh, you know, if the pin's front right, I can adjust a little bit closer to that, especially if I'm closer to the hole with the wedge, Um, but I'm not going to go straight at it and risk missing to the front right in that bunker and leave myself in a situation where I'm pretty much going to make bogey at best. Um, So yeah, it it, it changes a bit as as your ball striking uh, potential increases, but, you know, I, I did this on the video. I did... Yeah, the difference between my book and the video course, people have been asking me like one of the parts of strategy. Like I kind of showed that with some screen recordings, how I would say like, you know, if you get closer to the hole, if you're a better player, like we can adjust a little bit closer to the pin, but we're still not pin hunting. It's just, it's silly. It's, it's just an easy way to throw away a ton of strokes. Um, that's, that's a, uh, yeah, I think it's a fascinating part of the game, especially off the tee because, you know, every hole is different. And if you know, like the basic rules, you can make a few, I'm just trying to get people to stack the odds in their favor and yeah. make like five, six, seven better decisions around.
1: Yeah. Cause that's yeah. how you,
0: that's how you can quickly lower your handicap for a lot of players.
1: What does, what does, uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, making your strategy more conservative for a lot of players, making your strategy more conservative, what does that do to the mental game? Obviously this is the mental golf show. So I've got to talk about the mental game a little bit. What does it do to it? What does strategy
0: So I I think the basic way I look at strategy is that most golfers have it backwards. I think they're too conservative. If we're using conservative and aggressive, which eh, Uh, I don't know if those are the best words anymore, but most people understand them. So most I've found that most players are too conservative off the tee and they're too aggressive with their approach shots. And it's actually quite the opposite. You know, I'd want you to step on the gas as much as possible off the tee and when you're hitting a approach shot from 100 to 200 yards, we're thinking like, let's just get this thing on the green, not get short-sided. And if we don't hit the green, leave ourselves the most straightforward chip slash pitch shot we can so we can get out of there with a, you know, an easy wedge shot on the green two-putt bogey at worst. Um, so, yeah, I think when you, like when I tell people like, just aim at the center of the green and take more club. That just frees you up. Like I got mm-hmm. a mess. I got messages from so many golfers around the world about this. Like another one, you, another golfer emailed me yesterday. Like, hey, I forgot my range finder. Just wanted to let you know that I like shot the best score of my life because <laughs> I just did what you told me to do and aim at the meat of every green and take more club. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just a matter. Yeah. It, it's not complicated. It's just it, it's it's changing habit patterns because in the moment. You know, being on the golf course is very confusing and disorienting. Like you step up to your ball, like there's all these, you know, you're thinking about your tee shot in the last hole. You're like, oh God, um, there's all these thoughts running through your head and you look at the pin you're like, oh, I'm just going to hit it there. Yeah. It's, it's a, a giant sticking thing sticking out, sticking out, up it. out of- yeah. <laughs> it. looks like it's your target, right? It's, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Um, so I'm just trying to get people like in that moment being like, oh, I'm just going to stick with that. Like, I'm going to look at my GPS watch and take that number and aim towards the middle. Mm. I think that frees you up. I really do for a lot of players. So yeah. what is that? You know, and if I'm being hypercritical myself of that example I gave earlier, mm. I probably overthought that iron shot way too much. And if I just stepped up to it and said, yep, that's my target hit it. So, uh, you know, I- I'm being I guess I was being a little hypocritical on that. And just to show you that like, we're not always going to get it right. Even the guy giving you the the advice doesn't always get it right. Of course.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're that's, I said it to you recently. One of my favorite things about your Twitter is how vulnerable you can come across. And I mean, that's just, just showing other players that um, you need to, like you said, cerebral at the, at the beginning be more cerebral about your own game. Be more introspective, because if you just mindlessly going, I'm just going to hit at every flag, hit at every flag, be frustrated every single time that I don't hit it to five feet. You're you're going to spin your wheels forever. But if you, yeah, you show people, look at your own game, right? Take, take stock in your own game. Um, maybe you can change some things, make seven or eight better decisions.
0: Yeah, it, golf is really a choose your own adventure. So I think as my Twitter has grown, I get a lot more uh, people being like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm probably not for you. Like, unfollow me then because (laughs) I'm trying to help people, like, get better. And if you want to, you know, if if you think this doesn't sound like fun and, like, you want to, like, just kind of go out there and wing it, like, that's totally fine. But the only, like, warning I give to people is that, You know, a lot of golfers want it both ways. They want to play like that, and they want to get better playing like that. And that's where I think where you kind of end up in this tough situation, like you said, where you're spinning your wheels. Sure. So for the golfer that is willing to, you know, put some thought into things, and again, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? Because I think simple, like you need to be simple in this game on the course. You just have to be. Mm. Like that's that's my starting point. Like I've been complicated, and it's not great, right? Um. So I want to simplify things as much as possible because, again, what's my goal is that walk up to the ball, see target, hit, clear mind as much as possible. Sure. And that's hard to do when you don't, like when you're like, oh, I'm going to change my target because I just hit a crappy tee shot on the third hole and I'm six over par and I really wanted to shoot a 78 today and now I'm going to have to do this to make sure I shoot a 78. Right golf doesn't work that way yeah (laughs) right Right. we i mean anyone who's played at a high level like knows you just can't like manufacture like it's it's the patience Mm. um and being able to stick with the plan that leads and and the hardest thing to do is it's like you have to be able to withstand i guess the randomness and volatility of short-term results in order to see the long-term progress and that's just not a golf thing like that's a life thing right For sure. Like dieting, financial advice. I love financial advice. I'm a huge like personal finance junkie. And it's the same things over and over again. Yep. And that's similar to what I do in golf. Like I'm just hammering home the same concepts because I know some people are going to have to see it 30 times before they're like, now I'm going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't like revolutionary or some type of like crazy secret. It was just like, again, like getting you to eat your vegetables. (laughs) That's hard. That's hard to get golfers to do because, you know, we want to go out there and like, you know, light up the course and do all these fun things. And like, it, it's just hard to do. Like great golf doesn't look like that. Right.
1: Okay. So we can't go this whole time without getting to some, some questions. I asked people like 20 minutes before. So we got a couple questions. Uh, average dad on Twitter. We all, we all know average dad. We love he's, average dad. Seems like an awesome, not average. <laughs> seems like an awesome guy. He's an um, above average dad. <laughs> so above average. So, uh, he said, how do you trust yourself in competition? That's, uh, Kind of back to your example. So what do you think about trusting yourself in competition?
0: I think you need experience for starters. So, you know, I get a lot of questions. I'll get like emails all the time. Like, I'm buying my first tournament tomorrow. What do I do? I'm my answer is like uh, nothing. (laughs) Because there's nothing I can tell you to like, like it's probably going to be horrible. I don't know what to tell you. Like you're going to like, you're going to have make an eight on a hole and feel like what the hell just happened because it's not like you can't pick up after, you know, six strokes (laughs) with your buddies. Um, I mean, experience is like, it's everything about golf times a hundred. So you need to pay attention to what's going on in each round and be like, so hypercritical, not hypercritical. You need to absorb as much feedback as possible and be introspective and be honest with yourself about what happened and what can I do the next time to hopefully avoid that. And that takes a lot of repetitions. Um, you've probably played more tournament golf than I have. I got more, you know, I played a little bit as a junior, but I didn't really get into stroke play events until I turned like 30, 31, and I'm almost 40. So I'm over, I don't know, 100, 200 rounds in, and the experience and like slowly climbing the ladder and absorbing those horrible, horrible moments and like frustrations and embarrassments and shanking the ball in front of people. Um, it's not for everyone. So I often tell people like tournament golf can wreck your enjoyment of the game. Uh, so I don't recommend it for a lot of people. Mm. So I I think you need, you need to be honest with the amount of experience you're going to be able to get. If you're only playing one or two tournaments a year, I would say that's not enough to have a reasonable expectation of getting better. Mm. Um, and some people just can't play that many events. So yeah, you, you gotta be willing to put yourself through the ringer and then afterwards, not beat yourself up and look back. Be like, what happened out there? Yeah. Like, What was I thinking about? What was I nervous about? Um, did I actually have any fun? Because if the answer is like, this was hell. And I, then like, don't do it again. You don't have to keep doing it. <laughs> but I think experience, is, experience matters in golf for like getting better as a recreational player. And it matters a million times more as a tournament player. And And I'm not like, and again, I'm someone who is like, you know, I have, I've won one club championship. I missed that on the US mid-end by a stroke or two twice. Like, I've played decent in some local, like New York Metro events. I'm not out there, like, lighting it up. Like, I got some top 20s. Like, I'm not spectacular. I'm getting better, but it's, it's been a sharp learning curve for me. But I've, I've enjoyed it. Like, it, it I like putting myself in that situation and like throwing myself in the shark-infested waters and seeing what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you feel like you trust yourself more now in competition yeah, oh, than you yeah. used to?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I know that I've raised my skill level to a point where I don't need my best to have good results. Uh-huh. Um, so, when I play in, like, these one-day qualifiers to get into, like, we have big events like the Ike or the Medam, Um I'm fortunate enough, I-, I have to give the Metropolitan Golf Association a shout-out because I think they're one of the best, like, amateur golf associations in the whole world Mm. so i get to play a a full a full schedule of events this year i I can't play as many unfortunately but i've noticed that like you know you tee off you know i need to shoot a 74 today to make it to the ike or whatever and now like i don't need to access something special to do that i can kind of get like my b plus game to get there whereas before i needed like my a plus game to get in and that's experience and building skill. Like, I think skills, your insurance policy, because like, I think that's the number one thing, you know, your, your skill as a ball striker. And then I have all these other tools, my, everything I talk about in the book, my strategy, managing expectations, like what my breathing, like how I'm just dealing with the pressure. Um, I feel a lot more calm in those situations where. Because I know I've done it a few times now where it's not that big of a deal to me and not doing it and, and playing poorly isn't that big of a deal to me either. So I just go out there and go through my routine, pick my targets, hit my shots and accept the results. That's mm. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: simple. So uh, I'm I'm cognizant of your time, and I really appreciate your time. I got yeah, there a couple was no more chance. Questions. I didn't, I didn't want to warn you. Like, there's no yeah. chance
0: we were going to get to everything. I didn't want to spoil the beginning of the conversation. No worries, no worries. So
1: <laughs> a, a couple, I got a, I got a couple more things I wanted to ask sure, you. Um, so another guy on Twitter, Hank Jackson, uh, just just said this. How do you get over blow up holes? Obviously, we are all well acquainted with blow up holes. How do you, how do you specifically do it? Um, maybe even you know, let's leave your advice aside and we would think it would be consistent, right? Your advice and what you would do, but what do you do to get over blow up holes?
0: I just had one the other week, so I'll walk you through it. Um, I went to play in Scotland in May for a full week an awesome time. Um, Scotland golf's a little different. Sand's a little different. Uh, bunkers are a little different. Um, so I came back and my first round was the long Island open qualifier um, I've made it into the long Island open three times and I always play the same qualifier Beth page red, which is the awesome younger sibling of Beth page black. Mm-hmm. And I was playing great. Um, tough day wind. I think I was like one over just cruising along. Actually, I shouldn't say that on the second hole, I had a straightforward bunker shot and I bladed it over the green. I just wasn't comfortable in the sand. It felt different, made it sloppy double bogey. Yikes. But then mm-hmm. I just, Made a birdie, got back, you know, parred everything to death. And then I got to the 13th hole, par three, very straightforward par three. And I pulled, I just, it was like 190. I pulled it into the left bunker, had a very straightforward bunker shot. The sand just felt like for whatever reason, again, I just spent like, played 10 rounds in Scotland. The f- right. Sand was in my head. And I had that earlier shot. And again, you know, my mental kind of being honest with like what my mind was doing. Chunked the first one into the lip, mm. stuck, couldn't get out, stuck in the bunker for the third. Chunked the next one onto the into the rough, got on two putted. I made a, I'm probably not even counting up the shots. Probably I made a seven, so yeah. I made a quadruple bogey. So I went from like cruising along, no problem, to whoa, what just happened? And fortunately, talk about experience, that has happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> everyone who plays in tournaments just has this moment where you're like, what the hell just <laughs> happened to you? This just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's just like part of golf. Like we saw, I think it happened to Xander Schauffele at the US Open. Like it happens to everyone. Mm. It just comes out of nowhere. And I'm able to calm my mind down more quickly now. Mm. I... And that was when I I missed that one by one stroke. Also, I played mm-hmm. great after that. It was like internally, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I went back to like pick my targets, hit my shot, accept the results. Um, and I think I was only one over after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I made a quadruple bogey. Yeah, that wasn't great. So so after the round, I looked back. And I said to myself, you had a quad and a double from straightforward bunker shots. I played great. Everything other than that was awesome. Would have made it no problem. But this weird sand thing happened. <laughs> Can I blame it on Scotland? I don't know. But I wasn't committed in sure. the bunker. I'm not a great bunker player, to be honest with you. Hmm. But um, yeah, I looked back on that round. And I said, listen, you know, that. I guess it was a peculiar circumstance. It wasn't pleasant in the moment, but I look back and I said, you didn't throw in the towel. You you stayed patient on the rest of the round. And I played well other than that, that those two bunkers. So yeah, you have to do your best to slow your mind down. Like I think mm. people will react differently to it, but I'd say for most people, like things speed up and you just like feel like hot in your face or something. You're, and I knew my playing partners like in the past i would have been super embarrassed and be like oh my god they probably think i suck i know they've like in my head i'm like they'll wait like yeah. they've done this has happened to them before they've seen like this is nothing new yep so i just kind of like had to just take my time and go through it and let it happen and then i went to the next hole and i made a pretty steady par and maybe i wouldn't have some mm. other times but yeah i think you just have to do your best to like slow things down if you're someone who like noted i mean the the most important thing is pay attention to what happened after the round and then try to be cognizant of that the next time it happens because it will happen again yeah it always
1: happens right and i i had a triple on talk about 13th hole i had a triple bogey in a u.s mid-am qualifier on that on the 13th hole i was in it i was gonna qualify and then i had a triple and i i did the exact Exactly what you're talking about. I, I said, okay, that happened. Obviously, I'm you know hot in the face, but that yeah, happened. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But okay, what do we got to do now, right? Okay, I've got a shot where I have to pick a target, let it rip, accept the results, and yeah, um, I ended up qualifying by one to to get into the US Mid-Am with a triple bogey. So it um, amazing. You never know
0: what's gonna happen in this exactly. Game. You might and as the well most hang of, in there. And the most important thing is, is like whether you're not even playing in a tournament not throwing in the towel and being able to like kind of just go through your routine and and pick targets. And that I always tell people, it's not about that round. It's about the 20 rounds in the future. Right. So if you make it a habit of after blow up holes, you just give up for the rest of the day, then that's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So at some point, if you do want to get better at this game, you have to say to yourself, I need to build up the discipline to at least stay engaged the rest of the round where I'm not completely throwing in the towel. I'm not saying you can't be upset or lose your temper a bit. I dropped a couple of F bombs, I'll be honest with you. Um it's just the way it is. But again, you have to like pull yourself back and say like, yeah, do I want to get better at this game? Then I'm just going to finish out this round. And that'll yeah. have benefits down the road.
1: Yeah. Ingrain that habit. Okay. So last question I'll ask you. What
0: are your golf goals for yourself? I'm not big on goals to okay. be honest with you. Um I my, I guess my goal is, is to I want to like enjoy playing this game. I want to I want to be pain free. Like I do a lot of stuff to my body to make sure it can stay pain free and not injure myself. Hmm. I want to have awesome experiences. I'm going to try and take more golf trips. Um I love playing competitively, but at the same time like I don't want to obsess over it. Um, so I want to have a balanced relationship with golf that I'm turning 40 next month that hopefully can continue as long as I live. Mm. Um, so I would love to get into the U S mid-am. I think if you asked me, like if I could accomplish that once, that would be, I don't think I'm ever going to do what you did, <laughs> but if I could just get if I could get there, that would be special to me. I won a club championship last year. That was, like, the only significant thing I've ever won in golf. So that was, like, nice to kind of check off the list.
1: Sure.
0: Um, I don't know how many things I'm going to win because mm-hmm. um, that's just hard to do, you know, against the types of players that, you know, I compete against and you compete against. Like, they're they're really yeah. good. And I, yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, I'm not as good. Um, maybe I'll win a Long Island amateur one day in match play. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But I... I, I I just want to like have, cause I didn't have a great relationship with golf for a long time. Like I just want to keep like, I'm so excited to play. Like if I know I'm playing on a Sunday morning, like I'm happy Saturday night. Like I, I wanted to make sure that like, I'm still excited to like wake up and play the next day when I know. And sometimes I will pull out of tournaments when I don't feel excited. Huh. Um, so that's kind of like a litmus thing I have with myself is like, if I'm too busy, like with my business and other things and I say like, I don't think I should do this right now because I'm not going to be mentally engaged. I'm going to be worried about some other stuff that's going on. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I probably have different goals than most people. And I think people should think about like what that goal looks like for them. Hmm. So I'm not someone who like writes down like right. what my handicap level wants to be or tournaments I want to win. Uh, I I don't operate like that. Hmm. I love that. I, I think that's a nice. Um, probably helps you play better. If I, if I was. Yeah, guessing. I, that's the that's what I need to be like with my personality because I can get cr- the the thing that drew me to golf was is that I love numbers and I love being competitive, and that's what made me hate the game for so long because the score was like burned in my head all the time. So this is the version of golf I've had to create for myself to get my best play. Mm. But I know I'm not going to probably play this well in 30 years. So I also have to accept like, well, what's that version of golf going to look like for me? And I want to mm-hmm. make sure I enjoy that too. So it's probably maybe a little more introspective than most people. I'm a little crazy in that way, sure. but that's how I like view the game for myself now. And I think we can all come to our own like version of that. Um, I just, I, I always worry when people get to, I worry sometimes when people get too obsessed with the handicap and stuff yeah. like that, because it sometimes it makes it harder for them to achieve it. So that's why I'm big on like habits and all these other things, because if I can get you doing all these things, then like all that stuff will take care of itself. So it's all the yeah. things our parents told us when we were kids, <laughs> you know, process over outcomes yeah. like it's nothing new. It's what humans have figured out for a really long time to get the best performance out of them. Yeah well
1: i uh if i can give you encouragement you can definitely qualify for u.s mid am i have no <laughs> doubt you know you can and then you can shoot two, three, yeah, four, and yeah, get into match play i really i fully know. believe that and then you just you gotta beat know. like five guys and then you have yeah, the exactly <laughs> you and can you it. get to
0: the u.s open and the masters no <laughs> <Yeah>. problem easy <laughs> yeah so simple um uh, no it, it would be cool it would be very cool to get that like piece of paper and that 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 would be Absolutely. nice. Um I got very close. Um I mm. liked the feeling of being very close. It was exciting to me. Uh I didn't feel like the moment was too big. It just, you know, a couple awesome. of guys played better than me and just met it out on a playoff and that's okay. Yeah. Um so I look forward to trying every year.
1: Cool. Cool. Okay. So uh on our way out, what would you where would you send people? What would you promote? The floor is yours.
0: Um I think the you know the thing that I guess most people are accessing or getting from me at this moment is the four foundations of golf. Um, So you can go to fourfoundationsofgolf.com. I just created a website. Um, There is a video course, which I would describe the video course is if I had to sit down, I don't coach people directly. That's not how my business functions. So I create a situation where we sat in a room together, and I tried to explain golf to you in a few hours in a conversational, like visual format. Like that's what the video course is, um, and then my book. Yeah, you know, it, it is similar material to the book. It's just presented in a different way. Um, so you can buy the book on Amazon if you'd like. Um, just search for Foundations of Golf. You can get it uh, paperback, Kindle, uh, Audible as well. And then um, yeah, or you can check out fourfoundationsofgolf.com, and then. I have a free newsletter. You can always check that out on my Twitter at practical golf and the profile. Um, there's a lot of changes going on in my business right now that my, my main website, practical golf is about to relaunch with a completely different format. Um, so I don't know when this will air or if you're listening to this later in, Mm. in, in the, in the space time continuum, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's the weird thing about podcasting you never know when someone's gonna listen to something you never know it could be four years from now (laughs) exactly so go to practical-golf.com as well um that's you know the site i've run since 2015 but it's gotten a major redo over the last couple of years so yeah that's where you can or you can chat with me on twitter at practical golf awesome awesome well uh thank you so much john for your time this is this has been
1: a treat yeah thank you i appreciate you having me on All right, everyone, hope you enjoyed this conversation with John. I love the way that he simplifies the game. He talks about me being a good player who's better than his advice, but his thoughts on core strategy transcend skill level, in my opinion. There's a lot to be said for being disciplined and boring. It's not for everyone, but I'm of the opinion that it's essential for long-term improvement and success in this game. Yes, I'm a good player, but I try my best to be as disciplined and boring as possible. Yes, golf is a game of fun and it's uh, excitement and successes, but in order to improve over the long term and to be as good as you want to be, I think it takes kind of a disciplined, boring mentality, right? Just doing the right things over and over, making smart decisions over and over. I think that's essential. If you like this episode, you'll probably like my conversation with Sasha McKenzie, titled How Data Drives Your Golf Improvement. It was released back on May 16th of this year, 2023. I highly recommend you go check that out, as well as any of my other episodes uh, about course strategy, simplifying the game that we've covered over the years with this podcast. It's kind of these kind of things come up a lot with this podcast. So dive back into the back catalog. There's lots of good stuff that are that's on the same subject. As I always mentioned at the end of these episodes, what you've heard isn't therapy. It's meant for information and entertainment purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to go talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with players all over the world on improving their minds so they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me about one-on-one coaching, feel free to send me an email at show at gmail.com or visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or again, if you'd like a less formal intro, where you don't even need to talk to me, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15 minute questionnaire that will give you your mental strengths and areas for improvement. And again, the best part is it is free. The link to everything will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, thanks again to everyone who listens to The Mental Golf Show. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community that you have been a part of building. If you've learned something on this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Maybe mention the biggest thing that you've learned listening to the podcast, of course, under those five stars that you leave. And I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who just makes golf too complicated. They they try to work on their technique while they're playing or they try to think the perfect swing thought every round and it's always something different they need to hear this episode okay thanks for listening to the mental golf show i'm josh nichols and i will catch you guys next time